48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines, the government announces that it's suspending its policy of banning flights if airlines bring in COVID-infected passengers. An NGO head says a plan to help secondary school pupils out of the cycle of intergenerational poverty needs to be sustainable, and a worker falls to his death from the 10th floor of a building that's being demolished in mid-levels. Within the past hour, the government has said it's putting on hold its policy of banning flights for airlines that bring in COVID-positive passengers or that breach its anti-epidemic rules. The administration said in a statement that the policy had brought unnecessary trouble and inconvenience to residents. It added that the rule had little effect in keeping COVID cases out, given that the most, in- most infections are identified through airport testing or during hotel quarantine. Bans that are already in place will be withdrawn. The head of an NGO supporting underprivileged children says she hopes a proposed pilot scheme to support junior secondary school pupils will be sustainable and won't just be a one-off. The Chief Secretary, Eric Chan, put forward the idea of a support scheme after being appointed to lead a working group on intergenerational poverty by the Chief Executive John Lee yesterday. Mr. Chan said about 2,000 children would be involved in the initial one-year project. Amy Chan from the Child Development Initiative Alliance said she was keen to see more details, but the quality of the scheme is more important than the number of pupils involved. As a pilot scheme, we shouldn't be looking at just the number. It is very important that in this pilot run, we can work out a workable and sustainable model for future operation. To look at number itself, I would rather look at the quality rather than the quantity. Authorities say a 57-year-old worker plunged to his death this morning from a building that's being torn down in mid-levels. The police say the man was found outside Jade Garden at about 20 past 8 this morning. They believe he fell from the 10th floor. He was pronounced dead at Queen Mary Hospital. The Labour Department has sent staff to the site and is investigating. Power provider CLP says there were no obvious signs of foul play in a fire that swept through a cable bridge in Yunlong last month that led to a blackout in the area. Robert Kemp reports. In a detailed report to the government, the power firm said the cause of the fire could not yet be determined until the full results of various laboratory tests and analyses were available. It added that hot weather did not appear to be a contributing factor. COP said before the bridge burst into flames on June the 21st, there were no known operational or fault incidents in the power supply system in Yunlong, Tin Soiwai and Toon Moon. COP said it agreed with the fire services department and other government departments that at present there were no obvious signs that the fire resulted from foul play. The firm said security systems and fire protection equipment at four other cable bridges around the city had been enhanced after the Yunlong fire. The police have arrested a man on suspicion of arson after a double-decker bus caught fire this morning on the artificial island that houses the boundary crossing facilities for the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge. A force spokesman said they received a report at around half past seven that the vehicle parked at the bus terminus was on fire. No one was injured. Researchers from the Baptist University have discovered three previously unidentified coral species in the eastern waters of Hong Kong. They say the three new sun coral species are orange, purple and green in color and resemble firecrackers or tubes. Professor Chiu Jianwen, a biology scholar, said the coral species are quite rare and there may be more to discover. Within such a small area, we found three species 
in a small genus of coral with only uh, seven species, seven known species. So that's, uh, uh, I think it's quite remarkable because uh, in such a small area, we found such high diversity indicating there are still a lot of uh, undescribed species waiting for us to discover. A top transport department official says they're learning from experience on the mainland and overseas as they launch a pilot scheme to keep Hong Kongers' eyes off their phones when crossing the road. Chief Engineer Alex Au told RTHK that the project, which will see red lights projected into waiting areas at four pedestrian crossings, will help prevent accidents. However, speaking on the same program, Wan Chai District Council Chairman Ivan Wong expressed doubts. Sometimes people crossing the road may get distracted by talking on the phone as well. Does it mean it's necessary to install a device so that people cannot talk on the phone when they're crossing? It's possible that people eventually get used to the red light and become numb to the projection after a while. I think the best way to tackle this problem is through education and publicity. Many habits can be changed from that. Cabinet ministers in Britain have been meeting the Prime Minister Boris Johnson at his official residence, number 10 Downing Street, to urge him to stand down as support dwindles across the ranks of the governing Conservative Party. The BBC reports that one of his most loyal supporters, the Home Secretary Priti Patel, is among those urging Mr Johnson to go. But correspondents say the Prime Minister remains defiant and determined to stay on. Camilla Cavendish is a former head of the policy unit at Number 10 Downing Street. She told the BBC the government was in a state of paralysis. At the moment, there is literally no functioning government. As of tonight, there aren't enough people to keep the business of the government going. Members of Parliament have already been told there aren't even enough people on the bill committees to actually get the legislation through. That is the fundamental business of government. Now, he can try in the next few days to bring new people in, and there's always bound to be somebody, but he is going to run out of road. So far, more than 40 Conservative MPs have resigned from Mr Johnson's government. The divisions have prompted interest worldwide. Joseph Sirin-Sioni is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations in Washington, D.C. This has immediate international repercussions. For one thing, it weakens the Western effort to support the Ukrainians in their war. Boris Johnson was a strong supporter. It's not just that he might no longer be the leader of the United Kingdom. It's that he will usher in weeks of uncertainty that could weaken British and perhaps European resolve. It starts to raise serious questions about the stability of the Western alliance. The World Health Organization has warned of a sharp increase in COVID cases worldwide in recent weeks, driven by highly contagious new variants of the virus. Speaking in Geneva, its Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said infections rose by 30% in the past two weeks, with four of the WHO's six subregions reporting case growth. The body's emergencies director, Mike Ryan, said all countries had gaps in their preparations and the impact of future waves would depend on their readiness. We will see differential impacts in countries. So depending on how strong that wall of immunity is in your community, depending on how well you deal with the vulnerabilities that people have, uh, and depending on how well you're prepared to deal with that, I think we're going to see further waves of disease, and I think we will see them have a very differential impact between countries. And there is so much that countries can do now uh, in preparation and in readiness. 
Prosecutors in the U.S. say the man charged with killing seven people at an Independence Day parade in Chicago has confessed to the mass shooting. Robert Cremo appeared in a court via a video link from jail for the first time since the 4th of July attack. He did not enter a plea. Earlier, police said the suspect told them he'd considered a second attack on another 4th of July parade. Eric Reinhardt is the state attorney for Lake County. Well, his statement was voluntary. Uh, he was uh, questioned in the Highland Park Police Department. Uh, he was uh, read his Miranda warnings, offered attorneys, etc. Uh, he went into details about what he had done. Uh, he admitted to what he had done. Questions are being asked about how he was able to buy five guns, given that he had a history of mental health problems and threatening behavior. Ukraine's Prosecutor General Irina Venediktova has told the BBC she is investigating more than 21,000 war crimes and crimes of aggression allegedly committed since the start of Russia's war in Ukraine. Ms. Venediktova acknowledged that many trials would have to be held in absentia, but it was a question of justice to continue with the prosecutions. It's very important that Russian militaries who decided to kill civilians, to torture civilians, to rape civilians, they should understand that it's only a question of time when they all will be in courts. Officials in Nigeria say at least 400 inmates are still missing following a raid on a prison in the capital, Abuja. They say four prisoners, a security guard and several attackers were killed when the jail was targeted on Tuesday night. A senior official in Nigeria's interior ministry, Shuab Belgor, told reporters that Islamist militants of the Boko Haram group were thought to be behind the attack. They came specifically for their co-conspirators, but many of them have returned. They have reported themselves to the police. Some have returned. Some we have successfully retrieved from the bushes where they are hiding. Animal welfare campaigners in Britain are urging supermarkets to stop selling ham produced by European Union farmers using methods banned in the UK. The BBC's Claire Marshall reports. Sow stalls are metal crates designed to confine the movement of pregnant pigs. In many intensive farms, they're so small that the animal can't turn around. They were banned in the UK on welfare grounds more than 20 years ago. They can still legally be used in the EU. Farms in Spain, Italy, France and Poland use sow stalls to rear pigs to produce parma and other premium hams for export across the region, including the UK, according to a Compassion in World Farming investigation. Trade body the British Retail Consortium said UK stalls have led the way in requiring high welfare standards, but with specialty hams that was more challenging as they must be produced in certain ways. Currencies now. The US dollar is trading at 135.69 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and two cents, and the pound gets you nine Hong Kong dollars and 37 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 21,500, 81 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at 61 billion dollars. To sport, we start with tennis and a marathon finish at Wimbledon. Adal serving. His second match point to move into the semi-finals. The return from Fritz onto the forehand of Nadal, and he has done it. The most sensational performance here on centre court. He has battled through the pain. He has come through five sets, over four hours and 20 minutes on court. And Rafa Nadal goes into the semi-finals. 
The Calendar Grand Slam is still on for Rafael Nadal as he played through an abdominal injury to reach the semifinals. The Spaniard came from behind to beat American Taylor Fritz in five sets. Nadal has already won the Australian Open and the French Open this year, but said afterwards that he isn't sure if he's fit to carry on. I don't know. Honestly, I can't give you a, a clear answer because if I give you a clear answer and tomorrow when another thing happens, uh, I will be <laughs> a liar. That is uh, even something more important than <laughs> than win Wimbledon. That is uh, the health. And uh, let's see how this is going. If he's fit, Nadal will face the Australian Nick Kyrgios in the semi-finals tomorrow. Kyrgios had a comfortable straight-sets victory over Chile's Christian Garin. Yeah, obviously it would be pretty special to play Rafa here. Um, we've had some absolute battles um, on that centre court. You know, he's won one against me and I've won one against him. So obviously we know two completely different personalities and I feel like we've, we respect the hell out of each other though. So I feel like that would be a mouth-watering kind of encounter for everyone around the world you know that would probably probably the most watched match of all time I, I would argue that also at Wimbledon Hong Kong's Coleman Wong broke through in the junior competition by reaching the last eight in both the singles and the doubles the 18 year old defeated Slovakia's Peter Prevara in 7575 to book his first ever Grand Slam singles quarterfinal Wong is also on course for a third Grand Slam doubles title Next to football, hosts England kicked off the Women's European Championship by beating Austria's one, Austria 1-0 one at Old Trafford. The BBC's Maz Faruqi reports. England's unbeaten run under Serena Wiegmann continues. They look nervous in the opening minutes, perhaps expected at a home tournament, playing here in front of nearly 69,000 people, a new record attendance for a European Championship match in the women's game. But that changed 16 minutes in when Beth Mead, who wasn't even picked for Team GB at the Olympics in Tokyo last year, showed why she's a player to watch in this competition, looping in a shot which eventually beat the Austria and Arsenal goalkeeper Manuela Zinsberger. England's all-time leading goalscorer Ellen White should have put the result beyond any doubt before half time. She had three excellent chances and the host then needed Manchester United's keeper Mary Earps to be sharp and alert in the second half to keep the result at 1-0. England were frustrated at times. They may not have lived up to the billing yet as one of the big contenders to listen out for at this tournament, but they start their home European Championship with a win. And the weather, sunny intervals and a few showers and isolated thunderstorms in the afternoon. Mainly cloudy tonight. The outlook, sunny periods and a few showers in the next few days. The temperature now is 31 degrees with the humidity at 77%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government announces that it's suspending its policy of banning flights of airlines bring in COVID-infected passengers. An NGO head says the plan to help secondary school pupils out of the cycle of intergenerational poverty needs to be sustainable. And a worker falls to his death from the 10th floor of a building in the mid-levels. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 7th of July, is today's date. How are you all doing today? Thank you very much for tuning in to the 123 show. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. We've got a jam packed program for you this afternoon. To start things off, in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting to musician and teacher Sam Barber about his debut children's book, The Litter Bug. Sam will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so at about half past one. And we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live. So do join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you there. And after the two o'clock news, we're joined by Sadia Osmani for this week's Chinwag. And Sadia will be talking about and detailing her latest traveling experience during COVID. As you know, for the past six 